This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get things going on Calgary Flames game day. Flames begin a two-game road trip tonight in Arizona against the Coyotes before heading out to Vegas for a Thursday night matchup against the Golden Knights. Welcome to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Lots to get you on the show today. Lots of Flames and Coyotes talk today. We'll join. Uh, we'll be joined by Peter Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, in just moments to get you teed up for today's matchup. We'll also take a look at the opposition a little bit later on in hour two. Matt McConnell, the television play-by-play voice of the Arizona Coyotes, going to join us to take a look at uh, Arizona and some former Flames on that Coyotes team and see how they fit in post-trade deadline. So we'll do that with Matt a little bit later on today. NFL free agent window continuing today. Some more big signings and trades uh, across the league. And we'll uh, hope to hear from some members of the Calgary Flames on this game day. Let's kick things off like we always do. Head down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcoming the color voice of the Calgary Flames. He's Pete Labardius. And he's brought to us every single day by our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. They're now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am fine, thank you. Uh, how was uh, your day yesterday in Arizona? Well, minus one inning. It was uh, pretty yeah. spectacular. Fair. Yeah, I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, great to be down and watching some baseball and enjoying some nice weather and yeah, it was uh, it was great. Too short, but it was great. Seemed like a great uh, great atmosphere there in, in Arizona for this. And why wouldn't it be? It's a pretty great U.S. team that they're trotting out there. Seems like they've got as good a chance at taking this whole thing home as anybody does. Well, that that order is ridiculous as many of you may have witnessed last night. I mean, when it's Betts and Trout and Goldschmidt, and then at the bottom of it, it's Trey Turner in the eight hole. Not a lot of lineups like that one in the world. No. Not to mention, you know, other guys in the middle of it too. So no easy outs in that team and four or five guys on the bench who could, be starters for more than half the countries. Yeah, it was a tough spot for Canada. Too bad uh, the result doesn't go their way, but uh, still cool to be there, and I'm glad that you got to uh, to enjoy a couple games there in Arizona yesterday, Lou. Uh, of course, our focus every day, the Calgary Flames, uh, back in action tonight against the Arizona Coyotes. First of two on the road here, Lou. They'll be back in action for a quick one-game homestand on Saturday uh, Arizona team that these Flames are well aware of. They saw each other back in February. It was a 6-3 win 
for Calgary. They'll go with Jacob Markstrom in goal tonight. Another night where uh, Flames got to focus on themselves, Lou, and find a way to pick up two points. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot more that needs to be said, and they have to get away from the Jekyll and Hyde nature of how things have gone. And in most recent games, it's been even more so one good one and one not so good one. And at times uh, less than stellar as well. So it is very, very true. And and tonight's game is going to have a bit of a different feel than the February 22nd game did because of having as many as, you know, three guys in their lineup that weren't, too long ago on the other side of the coin and you know a very key guy now on the flames back end in recent games who goes up against one of his former teams tonight in Troy Stetcher yeah lots of connections running deep from these teams and it started back in the preseason when Yusuf Valimaki was put on waivers by the team Lou and claimed by Arizona he's since signed a one-year contract extension to remain with them uh, Connor Mackey has spent five games with them. He's got two assists, averaging just over 14 minutes of ice time. And Brett Ritchie uh, made some fans in Arizona early on with a three-point night uh, the other night uh, for Arizona. There's plenty of familiarity between these two sides. Yeah, and there'd be guys who are going to play really, really hard. And I'd start with Brett Ritchie, who plays hard every night regardless. Always has, always will. You made mention of his three-point outing in their overtime triumph a couple of days ago against a good Minnesota Wild team. First time Brett's had three points in a game going back to the final regular season game of the bubble, May 19th, 2021, when he had three points against the Vancouver Canucks on a day where Connor Mackey also scored his first NHL goal, and he's likely to be in the lineup, and Yusuf Alamaki coming off a multi-point effort in that game against Minnesota, played nearly 25 minutes, had a couple of assists, and those guys, they'll have some money on the board tonight, and they'll be fired up and, and absolutely ready to go, and I think it will give a different kind of feel, and I know when I asked Kale McLean literally about 25 minutes ago, he thought that maybe not only would it change it emotionally, but that maybe the composition of the team as a result of those flames, the two newer ones, will have changed maybe how they play as well. I think that we have to understand their group is, is different than the last time we played them. They're going to play a heavy game. Um, they're going to be real competitive, as you saw their last game against Minnesota involved four fights. I don't think it's going to be a fight-filled game, but I think it's going to be a competitive one. And uh, we have to keep in mind that, you know, not only do the Arizona uh, Coyotes want to sort of push and, and stay relevant on their own, but also you've now got guys in their lineup that are going to have something to say about our team's success after, you know, <laughs> being with these guys, you know, Brett Ritchie and uh, Connor Mackey and, uh, Valimaki, like they all, they're going to want to beat us bottom line and they want to make sure we don't walk out of here with two points. So everybody's got to be on point, um, and make sure we're ready to execute with that same pace and execution. We started talking about at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. And that execution we were talking about is how they played with great pace 
and how they moved the puck against the Ottawa Senators and got everybody involved in a game that really was, Logan, a rare blueprint of exactly what it can be when everyone is chipping in and and playing the game the way you'd like them to play. But the consistent part of it is what has always been in question. And there'll be a lot of eyes on certain people and certain areas of the game again tonight. And there should be. No uh, lineup changes expected for Calgary heading into this one. That's not much of a surprise, Lou. Uh, we talked about it uh, after last game. That was you know Walker Dewar being inserted into the lineup, Nick Ritchie coming out, and but I think both of us were on the same page when we talked about you know Walker. Excuse me, you know didn't do anything that would have warranted him coming out of the lineup in his one game back. No, I, absolutely not. And we just talked about a guy who added pace. Um, and I thought he did just fine with his eight plus minutes again, um, helped to drive that line a little bit with Lewis and Lucic. So no, he, she should not come out of the lineup, even though apparently we're not meant to see Richie versus Richie this year. No, apparently not. That's funny. I was joking with the guys earlier. Station promo today was, you know, for the game was the Battle of the Ritchie Brothers. Like, well, maybe, not so much. Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't seem like Nick's, uh, Nick's done enough to be in that position. I would have thought earlier maybe on, hey, it was a good start for him in that game in Dallas, but it had kind of gone uh, south from there pretty fast, Lou. And if he wants to get back in the lineup, it's going to take an injury or, you know, at some point somebody falling off for him to find his way back into the Flames lineup. Yeah, there's absolutely no question about that whatsoever. So um, it won't happen tonight. And we'll see if, uh, you know, it is the case in the near future. But it's not going to happen tonight. At least it doesn't look that way. One of the big talking points we had coming off of that game Sunday, Lou, was uh, the top players for the Calgary Flames getting it done. And in particular, Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Kadri and Lots been made of these two, and when they score, how much better the Calgary Flames record is. Uh, how important is it for you to to see them continue what they did on Sunday for this group going into tonight's game? Well, I think it's incredibly important, and it's incredibly important every night. Um, they don't have the luxury of being as protected as they have been at times as far as the matchups are concerned on the road, even though... I know Jonathan actually has four more points on the road than he does at home. Um, And I think in his case, probably been a little easier for him to play away from some of the extra noise that happens here in the community. The key guy for me really though, Logan, and not to suggest Jonathan isn't equally as key, but what is key is that duo and that pairing and Dylan Dubé, I thought, you know, his physicality and his pace was a nice ad. Um, I have not found a lot of chemistry between those two guys since they've been playing together. There's some nights that are better than others. Um, I don't think those two guys, frankly, see the game all that well, but if Dylan can kind of be a shooter and a guy who drives pace and physicality. And for me, Kadri probably hasn't been talked 
about enough in terms of, you know, I know that the focus and, and is and will continue to be on Mr. Huberto, but let's not forget that, you know, they dished out $7 million a year for Kadri too. Mm-hmm. And he was a good player the other night. And he's a good player when he is engaged and keeps his game simple and is a physical presence and, and gets pucks to the net. Now, he's never going to be a great passer. So you better be doing the other things. Now, he did have a couple of assists. Great redirect by Jonathan and another play that, you know, turned into a goal. But Nazem doesn't have a goal in 11 games. So it's critical. It is absolutely critical. Because when this year started, Logan, and you can never forget where things began, even though there's no point on focusing on it, I like this team's ability because I like its three top centermen down the middle of the rink and thought that they had a real opportunity to give themselves real matchup issues for other teams. Just hasn't happened often enough. So if those two guys are going to stay together as much as we've had fun talking about Jonathan and Alan Walsh and Daryl and, well, yeah, those two guys need to find it and need to find it together too. And they took a nice step in that direction on Sunday. Yeah, it's interesting going back to to what you mentioned at the start of the season, Lou, and you know how that depth down the middle could be such a good thing for the Calgary Flames. Well, it, it, it could be if all three of them were going at the same time, but it, it feels like that's just been few and far between for a lot of the season and you know that's not to excuse you know Elias Lindholm who at times I think has been trying to find it and I have no doubt that that's not blaming Elias it's more of saying hey look he's had some big changes to go through himself this season adapting to losing two line mates and Michael Backlund's had one of the best seasons he's ever had but it just felt like you know how many nights can you say that depth down the middle that one two three punch that we've talked about have all been going in the same direction on the same night. It just doesn't happen very often. No, and that's why this team is six points out of a playoff spot. When many people, including myself, thought that that was going to be what they had as their calling card to rely on. And it's very true. In the case of Elias, I see a different spark in his game, Logan, in the last four or five. You see it production-wise. I see it in his battle level. I mean, he is such a terrific hockey player that he is not capable of being a bad player. No. But this season, for me, he's been a little like Michael Backlund in the past. And what I mean by that is I don't think he's been as impactful on one side, certainly as he was a year ago, those two guys have almost swapped in a sense, especially the last couple of months. Michael's looked more like Elias did last year, and Elias has looked more like Michael has for the majority of his career, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. 
Uh, I think it's one of those ones that we'll look back on this season and, and talk about when it's all said and done, Lou, in, in depth as to you know why it didn't get to maybe where we thought it could have for this group for the Calgary Flames. On the other side, I did want to ask, I know we've seen this group a couple of times, Lou, um, the Arizona Coyotes, 27th overall league standings today. But if you look at their record of late, 4-4-2, and two, including some tough wins. They got a big win over Minnesota the other night, 5-4 in overtime. They took Colorado to overtime a few nights ago as well, picked up wins against Nashville and St. Louis. Uh, this is not a team that is going quietly into the night as the season rolls on. That would be exactly opposite of what they're doing. And uh, we've talked about Andre Turnier a lot with this group and trying to instill some culture and some fight in this young team. And he has, and right now he has his best offensive player at an incredibly high level, and that's Clayton Keller. Keller is riding a five-game point streak. He has 10 points in that stretch. Way to go, Canada. Nice double play turn. Um, On top of that, you know, he has now, I believe, 21 points in his last 17 or 18, so... Clayton Keller, a first-round pick back in 2016, along with Jacob Chikrin in that same draft in Buffalo. We know where one guy is now. He's no longer there. But Keller's having his best season point-wise. I think he's really starting to come into his own. Um, Barrett Hayton, former world junior captain and gold medalist for Canada, is in his best stretch. And they've got good young players on the way and more to come when this draft is over. So you're right about Andre, as you know, huge fan. And it is all about establishing how you want to play for them. It's not about wins and losses yet, but it is about the other and you don't get to have the other without establishing standards and what your identity is. And that's really what Andre has tried to do with limited resources and a lot of young people playing roles that, in some regards, many, that they're not probably ready for. So they'll be a hungry group. Their best player is going. And if the Flames don't do what they did the last time when they were in there and they were a good team and, you know, had a couple of blips here and there, but were absolutely the better team by a considerable margin, then they'll be in a fight again. I know you're not uh, an expert on the Arizona Coyotes uh, depth chart, Lou, but I know you're familiar with uh, a number of the young players and it feels like this team now, especially after, Jacob Chikrin got moved to Ottawa finally. The the defensive side of things and, you know, maybe goaltending will be a big part of their drafts over the next couple of years to, you know, complement some of those forwards that they've got the yeah, last couple of years. For, for sure. For absolute sure. Um you know, and I'm not exactly even though he was talked about being on the move. I think Vimelk is an interesting guy, Logan, because is he their guy going forward or not? I mean, he's certainly done some really good things. He's just 26. Nope. He's not out of it by any means. Well, not even. He's just getting started. Yeah. And, you know, Ingram has had some great outings for them this year as well. The former Kamloops 
Blazers star. And then we'll see him tonight. Yeah. So, you know, there's options there and good aged options. But, yes, they're absolutely going to have to address, to me, as valuable an area not named goalie. Your top four on defense isn't good enough. I really don't care who your forwards are. Before I let you go here, Lou, uh, some league-wide news I wanted to get your thoughts on before uh, handing you off for uh, game day today. Some bad news out of Carolina. It's a torn ACL for Andre Svechnikov. Uh, He will miss the remainder of the regular season and playoffs for Carolina. That is a massive loss. Uh, for that team heading into the playoffs? Well, every time I hear injuries don't matter or shouldn't matter, I almost chuckle. They matter. And that one just made Carolina's hopes of winning a Stanley Cup or moving closer to trying to win one very difficult. That's one of the best young players in the league. And because they play the way they do Logan they'll they'll manage they'll manage because in many ways Carolina is such a well coached some of their parts with an excellent group on defense but that one hurts because they don't really have you know they're they're a little like the flames to be honest except they're younger and, and faster mm-hmm. with with some of their better players. More of a depth team than a superstar have, team, right? No. Yeah, they don't, you know, you know what I think of Sebastian Isle. I think he's an Tremendous. incredible player. Yeah. But they don't have, you know, a lot of takeover game type people. And Svechnikov, for me, would – not either best player, that's Aho. Well, actually, it's probably Jacob Slavin, to be honest. Um, but between those two, but Svechnikov and maybe now Marty Natchez are their two most, what I would call, dynamic people. So that's that's huge. And that's, that's really unfortunate. I have, needless to say, I have a soft spot in a big way for the coach and for that team, so... Yeah, it was sad to hear that one today. Carolina's in a battle now the rest of the season. The New Jersey Devils have caught them in points. Carolina maintains a game in hand, but can they hold off New Jersey for top spot in the Metro without Andre Svechnikov for the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs? We will have to wait and see. Lou, thanks for the time as always, sir. Get back to the baseball game, and we will uh, talk to you tonight on Flames Warm-Up, hey? Uh, thank you kindly. Take care. Pete Labardi is the color voice of the Calgary Flames. Joins us every single day to kick off the program. He's brought to you by our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. They're now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. More next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, welcome back. This is Sportsnet today. We'll go along with you. 
Get back to the Flames and the Coyotes on a game day in just a bit here. Reminder, 8 p.m. puck drop. 7 o'clock Flames warm up. Pat and Labardius at 7. Labardius and Wills at 8. Flames, Coyotes. Of course, you can watch this one on the Sportsnet television network as well. First of two on the road for the Flames. They're into Vegas on Thursday. And uh, one of my producers today probably feels like they were in Vegas last night. Even though they weren't. That would be uh, producer Cam. DJ Cameo. Goes by many different names. Good morning to you too. Yeah, it's it's well into the afternoon. Okay, yeah. Feeling it today, aren't you? Huh? You're feeling it today. Yeah, a little bit. It's all right though. We're doing okay. We're You've got all these like weird side effects. We're powering through. I don't think have anything to do with celebrating your birthday. <laughs> My body is sore. Things My hurt. Okay. Body is sore. What were you doing? I don't know. Walking outside in the cold with a jacket on. Who knows? I was crazy. Taylor had to babysit you slash encourage you to do stupid things, I'm sure. Um, You know mm. what? We just told every waitress that it was mm. Cam's birthday in that's order what, to get free food. That's what you should do. Well, we wanted to get free food, or at least I wanted to, but uh, they just kept handing Cam drinks. Yeah, I don't instead. think you get free food anymore. Like, I think that's strictly like a kid's birthday thing. Well, As an it, adult, they think you're there for the drinks. Can't Cam be considered a child? Like, here's the thing. It's not like just about him. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> this not, is also for me. Not physically anymore, but mentally, yes. So, you're, so let me get this straight. You were there for the food. For the Obviously. attempts at free food. Right. Obviously. Not for your friend to celebrate. Just for the food. The special well, like, day. That hurts, man. Yeah, but also, uh, the only reason we told the waitress that it was Cam's birthday was so that I could get free food. If they don't do that, I'm telling you, they don't. that's a bad plan. They don't do that anymore. I don't know of any place that does free food anymore. Food's too expensive. But you now. don't know what they offer anymore, right? So you gotta just... Doesn't Denny's, you get like... I did get my free Grand Slam last night at like 11.30. Just before they closed, I walked in and I'm like... Before they close. No, 24 hours. Well, as you say, they don't close. No, but you have to get it on the day of, right? So, like, 11.30, I walk in. I think you'd be okay if you went at, like, 12.35. I want my Grand Slam. Said that you were. I'm just curious as to how you got to Denny's. I was going to say, Taylor didn't mention anything about Denny's. No, I went after. You went to Denny's by yourself? No, I went with my girlfriend. I was ditched. Mm. Awkward. Couldn't be bothered to go to t- Denny's with Taylor, eh, Cam? No. No, God. You finally went and got the free food. The only thing that Taylor actually cared about. <laughs> I did it without and her. And you did it without her. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she got to meet, She got to watch me drink all my free drinks. And, you know, oh, free yeah. Isn't that fun? That, what a fun night that would have been, yeah. Taylor. <laughs> I mean, there hey, was Taylor, one were, entertaining drink. You were lucky enough to watch him drink all night. Yeah, she watched me and Alex Brody do doubles all night. It was brutal. Alex Brody's never done a double in his life. He did like three of them yesterday. Not a chance. No, actually. Nope. I can like, confirm that Alex Brody did drink uh, a couple drinks. Doubles of water don't count. 
No water. It was a rum and Coke, actually. Mm, rum and Pepsi is kind of bad, but interesting. <laughs> we made it through. Well, glad that you guys are here. Glad to be back. I mean, I was the one who didn't drink at all, so I'm fine. Yeah, I knew you'd be fine. Just You never know with Cam. Whether he was going to show up or not, 50-50. We knew Cam was going to show up in what state we didn't know. It's not a good state. I can tell you that much. But I'm here. You're here, that's for sure. We can't argue that. Uh, More Flames and Coyotes talk around the corner. We'll chat with Matt McConnell, play-by-play voice. On the television side of the Arizona Coyotes, get you set with our look at the opposition uh, later on. Uh, Remember the fan feedback line, text line's always open at 960-960. I did want to run through some NFL storylines with you today. Uh, the negotiation window opened across the NFL yesterday afternoon. I uh, had a free agency officially opening up on Wednesday. And we got a slew of news on Monday, and it just kept coming on this Tuesday. And it started with an interesting trade between the Las Vegas Raiders and the New York Giants. Darren Waller is out in Las Vegas. One of the top tight ends in the league has been traded to New York in exchange for a third-round pick in this year's upcoming draft. It is the 100th overall pick, and Darren Waller will now be catching passes from Daniel Jones this year. That has Raider Nation up in arms just a day after they supposedly had signed Jimmy Garoppolo to a new contract to be their starting quarterback. They then move out their starting tight end, Josh Jacobs, their starting running back, with a couple of disgruntled tweets after the trade became official. It feels as though things aren't so great right now for Josh McDaniels and the Vegas Raiders as they move on from Darren Wall. Is it Look, the tight end position is never going to be a deep one in the NFL. There's two to five guys, or I guess one to five guys at the top that are always the best of the best. You can maybe scratch out 10 consistent tight ends across the league year after year, and past that, it's it's a crapshoot. There's good blockers. There are some that are good passers, but hard to find an every-down tight end. Darren Waller, when healthy, has proven to be that guy, and to simply replace him will not happen quickly in the Raiders' offense, and to move him out for just a third-round pick is an interesting move and one that uh, Raiders fans will no doubt be keeping an eye on. And uh, speaking of you know moving to new places, Alan Lazard has a new contract. He is off to the New York Jets. This is an interesting one because uh, a couple of people reporting, including Pro Football Talk, um, that this is a move preluding a Aaron Rodgers trade to New York that Aaron Rodgers will accept a trade to the Jets, but he has a wish list. On that wish list, a couple of former Packers teammates, Lazard at the top of the list. You can also throw Randall Cobb in there, and apparently Odell Beckham Jr. So the Jets will have to bend over backwards to make Aaron Rodgers happy. If they're able to do so, Rodgers will reportedly accept a trade to the Jets and be their next starting quarterback. So if you believe that this is part of the Aaron Rodgers wish list, then 
supposedly part one of the puzzle has come together for the Jets in a bid to make him happy. And this is one of those interesting ones for me because I just don't know where the line rides for me with players and making demands as to who I want as my teammates or, you know, if you don't bring in this guy, this guy, this guy that I'm not interested in playing for your franchise. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. All the the weird stuff aside, and whether you like Aaron Rodgers or not, is irrelevant to the conversation, the fact that he's a good quarterback. But is he the great quarterback that is, you know, telling the GM what to do? Is he that great of a player? Is he LeBron James in his prime playing GM with whatever team he's on? And that's a considerably different conversation in basketball with a five-man starting unit compared to what you need to do in football. I just don't know that I'm okay as a Jets fan that Aaron Rodgers might come to my team for one year, two years, who knows. But before that trade even happens, well, you better bend over backwards and make sure that he's happy. That's a really weird spot to be in that you're doing... And I'm not saying that Alan Lazard hurts their team or that going out and getting Odell Beckham Jr. would be bad for the Jets. But you're trying to make a guy happy who's not even part of your team yet? I I just don't know that that would fly with me. I kind of, I, I think if you're a Jets fan, you'd much rather sit here today and go, okay, we will make every attempt within reason to bring these guys in, but why don't you accept the trade and officially become a member of the Jets first, and then we can have those conversations. Because right now it's a guy making a lot of demands who's not on your team and is in no way, shape, or form forced to go to your team. So what happens if you get two of those guys? Lazard got a four-year deal, it sounds like, around $44 million. What if you go out and spend, you know, you're going to have to probably talk about a one-year deal for Beckham Jr. coming off of the injuries. But what do you spend on him? Seven, ten million dollars? And then Aaron Rodgers, ah, well, I wanted Randall Cobb and I wanted this guy and you didn't give me that, so I'm I'm not coming. That just wasn't good enough. <laughs> it's a bit of a frustrating uh, spot if you're in the New York Jets. Now, you are the Jets, and you've struggled to find a quarterback for a very long time. Maybe at the end of the day, it's worth it to go out and make these sort of concessions if it means bringing in Aaron Rodgers. You just better be prepared that he is going to be MVP-level Aaron Rodgers if I'm going to go around trying to make him happy before he's even a member of my team. Uh, a couple other interesting notes uh, across the NFL today. Philadelphia Eagles reigning NFC champions who lost in the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs have seen uh, a number of talented players leave the organization the last couple of days. Uh, They do make a move today to bring somebody in. Former Seahawks running back Rashad Penny signing up with the Eagles. Subsequent uh, move there means that it is likely Miles Sanders' time as an Eagle has come to an end. He penned. Uh, a pretty heartfelt thank you to the Philadelphia city 
and fans after the news of Penny signing in Philly became official. So it sounds like Miles Sanders will have a new home in the NFL next year. The LA Chargers have granted running back Austin Eckler permission to seek a trade. This news broke yesterday that Eckler and his camp would like to be traded as he's in the final year of his contract and negotiations with the Chargers on a new deal have not gone well. Eckler, one of the most productive running backs in NFL you know, circles the last couple of years, as far as scoring touchdowns, almost no one has come close to what Eckler's put up as a member of the Chargers. The running numbers themselves haven't been great, but the ability to find the end zone uh, has been Eckler's specialty the last couple of years, but he is uh, a running back who will turn 29 in May. So before the season gets going, you're talking about potentially signing a new contract, a, a, left, a hefty contract for a guy that scored as many touchdowns as Eckler has uh, to a guy who's about to turn 30. And of course we know that's not a, you know, it's not the end of it for every NFL running back, but for a lot of them, that's the turning point of production. And when you talk about the talent coming out of the NCAA every year, being able to draft some of the best teams in the NFL do not have a number one dominant running back. Look no further than the team that won the Super Bowl this year as an example that you don't need a tried and true number one running back to win a, a Super Bowl. Now they had a number of good running backs. Pacheco comes in there was a great running back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a first round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think the days, unless you're a top-flight running back, unless you are Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, top-five sort of guys in the league when it comes to all things rushing, Saquon Barkley probably finds himself in that category. I just don't think teams are interested in investing long-term into a running back's future past the age of 30. Does that mean Eckler... Can't be productive the next couple of years? No, I think he absolutely will be, and I think there will be plenty of teams interested in him. But I, I think for the, a Chargers team that has yet to pay Justin Herbert out of his rookie contract, they still have a couple of veteran-wide receivers on that team that they're paying. It doesn't sound like the timing works out well for them to expand on an Eckler deal into his 30s. He's set to make just over $6 million this year off his last contract that the Chargers got extremely good value for. But doesn't sound like they're anywhere close on an extension past this year. And per Eckler's agent has been granted permission to speak with other teams about acquiring his client for a trade. Uh, let's see some of the texts at nine six zero nine six zero. A couple of uh, things on the Aaron Rodgers front. Uh, this text says, "What I'd say to a player like Rodgers is, if you want to play GM, retire and apply for the job." I don't, yeah, I don't blame you for that one. Um, then on the other side of this, this text says, "I'd say it's because it's Rodgers; he has earned the right." I, I just, I, I feel like there has to be that division between the GM making moves 
and what he thinks is best for the team and where the quarterback runs in here. Like Aaron Rodgers is not the greatest quarterback of all time. He's for sure going to the Hall of Fame. He's won a Super Bowl. He's an MVP. He's also closer to 40 years old. He doesn't have any long-term commitment to the New York Jets. I'd be very careful making those moves if I was New York. That's that's all I'm saying is, look, I, I get that he's a very good player and you've had no luck at the quarterback position for a very long time. I just don't know that if you handed me a list or, or said to me, you know, these are the guys I want, that I'm not interested, especially when he hasn't committed. That, to me, is the biggest red flag in all of this. Why don't you commit to the Jets first and prove to them that you're going to be here? And who knows? Maybe if, I, I don't, again, how many times are you going to sign four guys just for Aaron Rodgers to be there for a year with the Jets? What does the future look like for him there? I just have a hard time uh, to that first text I read. If you want to go out there and play GM, then go be a GM. Plenty of former players that I think can do that and have a good sense for being a GM in the future, but not while you're playing. I want my players to focus on being the best player they can be, and I don't want Aaron Rodgers to focus on, well, I need four of my guys, or I'm just not going to be happy in New York. Okay, well, then don't go to New York. If you don't think you can do it with Brees Hall there, uh, Wilson, all those guys that are there, then don't go there. You want to play GM one day or you want to go to a franchise that wants to let you play GM, then that's different. We're not going to do that. Maybe the Jets are going to do that. Sounds like they're trying to do that, but I don't know. I just don't know that that's the best way to go about it. Uh, this takes to 960, 960. Uh, Philly should go after Eckler. Yeah, that's an interesting move, actually. Uh, one of the teams that has been connected to Eckler and all this has been the Eagles. They have a lot of draft capital, and Eckler is still at that age where I don't know that there'd be a long-term fit between Eckler and the Philadelphia Eagles, just given how much money they're going to have in contracts going forward themselves. But for a one-year thing, sign me up for for Eckler in Philly. To be that sort of touchdown guy, that thread around with Jalen Hurts in the backfield, I could see that working 100%. That's some of the NFL news on this Tuesday. Reminder, NFL free agency officially opens up on Wednesday. That's when all of these deals will be made official and the league calendar officially switches over to next season. But we're in the midst of the NFL's quote-unquote negotiation period uh, where NFL insiders are breaking deals between teams and players for at least the first couple of days here. Just open up on Monday. And like we said, free agency will be open again. Open up uh, officially on Wednesday for these deals to be official, but... There's usually very few instances where these deals don't get done on Wednesday. If anything does slip back, we'll we'll let you know. But most of these, you can usually tank to the bank as being uh, pretty official between team and player. We'll focus back in on hockey. It's a Flames game day. Flames and the Arizona Coyotes, they've seen each other a couple of times this season. But there is more familiarity between these two teams than ever thanks to the trade deadline. What can we expect from the Arizona Coyotes? We'll take a look at the opposition with Matt McConnell, the play-by-play voice of the Arizona Coyotes. He's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.